0: It's Simon here from Sterling Coaching with another Business Success and Coffee podcast episode and today I'm joined by Andrew Miller and Andrew is the founder of Business Enjoyment. He's an international best-selling author, multi-award winning coach, international speaker, podcaster I'm always slightly nervous when I've got other podcasters on things like this. And the creator of Breathing Spaces. Now, Andrew, you've sent me across a bio, and I've highlighted some textbooks. I think it's worth telling the listeners that um, in business enjoyment, you help people to overcome whatever's preventing them from enjoying their work. And this comes from you having a background as an accountant at KPMG. Yep. And it says... You know, even better, you were an insolvency practitioner. So I can see there's lots of things about enjoying your work and different conflicts here that we might get into a little bit later on. Uh, and as it says there, now that's guaranteed to stop the conversation at any dinner party. And it, it's interesting what you then go on to hear to say is that what many people don't realise is that the role of an insolvency practitioner is actually to run businesses. Okay? When a company goes bust, the directors lose their powers, firm accountants appointed to run the business and you know that was your job you know your job was to run and sell the businesses for for over 17 years and as you did this of course running businesses you got more involved in leading motivating teams at KPMG and your role was as the go-to person for any problems that people had so as well as dealing with pay rises bonuses appraisals you had to help people sort all sorts of other things. And I love the list you've got here. I'm pregnant. I've just split up from my partner. I don't get on with my colleague. Our team isn't working well together. Can you have a word with, because he smells. I I had to laugh because, Andrew, I had a client ring me last Thursday and they'd had a person in the team said, look, you're going to have to have a chat with this guy um, because I walked into his office the other day and it absolutely stinks. And he's got rubbish mounting up. I think it, there's a personal hygiene issue going, but this was more of a welfare issue. Um, they said he, said he apparently had some problems with abscesses on his legs and what have you in the past. And they said, I'm worried that he's leaking again. And apparently the last time he had this problem with his legs, they had to get somebody commercially to come in and clean the carpet because it was that bad. So yeah, you get asked all those kind of questions, don't you? And I love the fact that you said that. He smells. I've had that in every business I've ever worked for. Yeah, with there's always one, isn't there? That you have yeah. to say that too. Yeah, and likewise, I've had clients have had the same similar situations, and
1: and we, it's just such a British thing, isn't it, to be sort of all awkward about these sort of. Well, I wouldn't say minor because that dismisses it. It's actually incredibly yeah. important, but it's not the normal sort of thing that we're sort of trained to think about. And then we get all flustered yeah. and all the rest of it. And
0: yeah. the truth of the matter is you've just got to be kind and honest. Yeah. As with all things. And, and and times have changed, haven't they? I mean, I remember the very, very first time that this happened to me. And it was in the construction company I owned. And yeah, you know, we used to send teams of two out in the van. And the driver of the van took great pride in his van. He cleaned it; it smelt lovely. And he got this lad working with him, uh, who we called Matt. And he said, "I don't want to work with him anymore because he just smells." When we, he said the customers don't like it, he said, "And when you have to drive an hour in a transit van, sat next to him, you know, it's, what what can you do?" So anyway, we had a team meeting and uh, this is in the days when you could do things like this it's quite a while ago we had this team meeting and we always used to have a whiffle what i feel like expressing hmm. and we're going it's, round it's, it's bearing in mind
1: people. what your, your subject of conversation a whiffle is a quite amusing little <laughs>
0: yes it is <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah didn't think about that good point <laughs> uh, so we had the whiffle and uh, i said yeah i said i've got something to say i said matt i said uh, catch and i chucked him a can of deodorant i said we all know that you smile you need to do something about it mate and I chucked in a can of deodorant and that was it. Yeah. And he never ever had anybody ever complain about him smelling again. Excellent. Uh, and, you and, could, and, you uh, couldn't do that in these days, could you? But well, uh, you've got to be careful, it's it's about trust. That's the key thing. Yeah, if you built is, up yeah. the
1: right relationship, if you've got the right person to say the right thing at the right time, it, you know, then then you can say anything once you've got trust because correct no correct. one's having a go at him. No. for who he is they're having a go because they want them to be better yeah <laughs> they want them yeah, to be in yeah, a better yeah. situation and it's feedback and it's yeah. awkward yeah. And it's uncomfortable yeah. but ultimately the intent is is positive and when yeah, you've got man. the trust you can have those conversations and yeah. you can be quite brutal at times somebody else could not say that but you could yeah know, yeah example. and it
0: was It's a, sometimes I think you know and many of the listeners will probably um, sort of connect with this. sometimes you just need to rip the plaster off yeah, and you know, yeah. if you just keep tugging at it bit by bit, it's going to be a long, painful process. But sometimes you just need to get in there. But well, we like had you—you um, you do, you do need that trust, you right? We had some training on delivering messages because obviously one of the things you do as an insolvency practitioner
1: is a lot of making people redundant type conversations, yeah. and we had training from doctors, and and the, and really? information in terms of because one of the things they have to do is deliver bad news, quite yeah. a few times, and. The the key thing is that they said is just lit, exactly what you said. Get to the key message as quickly as possible because they will yeah. forget everything you've said before that, and they won't be listening yeah. to anything you say after that. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah good point. Yeah. It about as much as you like, but just get to the key thing and rip the plaster off exactly as you say. Yeah, and then be there to support them and help them. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Well, what a way to start a podcast
0: talking about <laughs> many <smelly> people. <laughs> Let, let's it's get let's off feast, but yeah. <laughs> I did warn you. <laughs> so, listeners, uh, we we are here to talk a little bit about coffee as well. Uh, and Andrew, very kindly, has uh, made himself a fresh coffee, and I've gone down and, and got mine. Uh, and, and actually, today I, I really struggled with my voice yesterday. It really took a bit of a beating. So, I've done something I don't do that often, but today I definitely felt the need to. I have put a bit of honey in my coffee just to just help the back of the voice a little bit and help the voice box. I've got a couple of webinars to go later on today so I don't want to run out of voice before then. So tell us Andrew about the the coffee that you've got and why you're drinking that particular coffee. I am drinking uh, Rington's
1: coffee. And uh, Rington's if you're not aware of them are a company who do deliver. Yeah. And they come around once a month and we get tea and coffee from them if we're feeling a little bit tempted then the pack of biscuits might make it through as well okay but it's um but it's 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 instant you know that's all it is and um but it's nice strong it's got a reasonable flavor and we kind of got used to drinking it now. So just we're lazy. That's
0: the bottom line. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's yeah, going to
1: come yeah. round and drop me off a bag, of, a, a, a jar yeah. of coffee and a bag of tea. I'm, I'm all in favour of that.
0: Yeah. And I think we've all done that. I mean, we we go out every weekend uh, deliberately, even through lockdown, because we, when we could get the takeaways, you know, we always go into our town centre, Newark, and we always get a takeaway, takeaway coffee. And I'm a, I'm a big Starbucks fan, uh, particularly of our local You know, somebody said to me, I asked a question on the internet, you know, Starbucks or Costa, and somebody said, well, I prefer to support my local uh, sort of independent retailer. And actually, our Starbucks feels like that. You know, I know the names of all the people behind the counter. They already know what I want when I go in. Sometimes I'll throw them a bit of a curveball when it's my free drink. But, you know, I think you're right, convenience is important. And, you know, I, I get all my Starbucks pods, from amazon but i i thought ringtons ringtons only did tea i never realized that they did coffee because we do have somebody come through our village mm. that does that but i yeah, you know, they've never been round they've never called in uh, they've never put anything through the letterbox so i've just gone along the lines of thinking oh they're just making another tea delivery mm. and biscuits they did have a biscuit that's that's me done because that's my weakness <laughs> that's my achilles heel yeah um we're, we're quite good i mean
1: we, we, every now and again we're not uh not that strong on the sweet stuff so we uh we tend not to go down that uh that route very yeah. often every now and again little, little pack, pack of marshmallows might turn up or... yeah yeah that's
0: yeah. good so so what's your favorite coffee van? if if you're going to Treat yourself uh, and perhaps go out, as I say. You know, when I have a takeaway uh, coffee, or eventually when we can sit inside. what What's your favourite coffee? Well, I'm not really much of a coffee aficionado, I'm afraid. Sorry to disappoint okay. you. Yeah, <laughs> <No>, that's okay. <laughs> um, I
1: um, and first, I mean, personally, I'm, I am just happy with instant. Uh, it's it's quick. I, I don't really have anything as a favourite blend or anything like that. Um i what i did discover a hmm, a good 10 15 years ago is that i'm quite susceptible to caffeine so i do make it a thing i do not drink tea or coffee after lunchtime yeah yeah so my norm is to have a couple of coffee a couple of coffees in the morning on breakfast yeah just bring up to the office um mid-morning break and then that will be me done anyway so even if i'm going out to meet somebody in the afternoon i won't have coffee or maybe a, a decaf uh, I, I will default probably to a latte or maybe a cappuccino just to mix it yeah. up and I went yeah. through a phase what is it the Starbucks does with the caramel,
0: caramel macchiato with all absolutely
1: yeah. lethal <laughs> combination yeah. of caramel and sugar and cream and everything everything you shouldn't have so if, if we're gonna have an absolute blowout then that's probably what I would uh, what yeah. I would go for
0: but uh yeah well. I, you, that's, yeah. that's my favourite in normal times. If it's, <laughs> if, it's, if it's cold, then I'll go for a chocolate chip, Fappuccino or something like that, but caramel macchiato, unless it's winter. And if it's winter, I love the gingerbread latte, as many of the listeners know. But uh, it's interesting what you say there about the caffeine because, yeah, the the number of people, it's got to be nearly 50% of the people say that they, they do have a cut-off time, particularly those that drink a lot of coffee when they're working they do have a cough uh, you know cut off time where they won't drink caffeine after that mm-hmm. and that's for reasons uh we've had one person who is uh, very allergic to caffeine uh, at certain levels a bit like nuts you know you get a build-up and a build-up and build-up and then the the allergic reaction comes we've had people who just can't sleep so they cut it off at the a time of day just so they can get to bed at night and go to sleep um so yeah it's it's interesting the one that amuses me
1: is the sort of the flip side of that that people get into that habit of you know i can't do anything until i've uh, had a coffee in the morning and i've got to get up it becomes that habit but then the flip side almost in the same conversation they'll say oh, i can drink coffee till 10 o'clock 11 o'clock at night it doesn't affect me and it's, yeah. so why do you need it in the morning then yes, <laughs> yes. if you're using yeah. it to wake you up but it doesn't make you could wake you up at night. Yeah. That can't be consistent. So something somewhere is, uh, yeah. i uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and, and that's interesting. I, I'll share a story I've never shared with the listeners before. But we went to Malaysia uh, to watch the the Moto GP many years ago, back two thousand and five. And I didn't know anything about Malaysia. We just literally went to watch the motorbike racing, and then we had a, a a holiday in Penang. And we turned up at the hotel, went out at night, expecting to do what we always do when a holiday: have a beer. And of course, you can't. Uh, so it's, it's really coffee funny. bars and tea bars. Mm. So you can only drink beer um, in either strip clubs or the hotel. Hotel Charlie you the Earth. And my wife certainly wasn't keen on me going in a strip club. So we ended up sitting in the bars drinking coffee, <laughs> got these <laughs> coffee bars and they got beautiful music playing. But I never realised the the effect of coffee until that trip because I never really drank a lot of coffee. I was more of a tea drinker. Um, But that night, we went back to the hotel at about 1, 1 a.m., and we'd been drinking coffee since about 6, and we did not sleep all night. We both sat there like owls, wide-eyed open. <laughs> it was the most <laughs> freaky experience of our life, and we could hear everything. It was like we were on really high alert. We could hear things. Did you did you hear that? Did you, what, what happened then? And we were like really wired up, and I've never had an experience like it. I've had I've had we, that. I've we had, had four that, days of that.
1: <laughs> I've had a couple of times like that. One of them was it was, was in Fiji, and we were on holiday there, and uh, similar sort of thing there in the cabin that we we're in. It was help yourself make the make the proper coffee machine type of thing we thought, oh we'll, yeah. we'll make a coffee. And, and i think pretty sure it was early in the day you know lunchtime or something like that but my word i don't think we slept for three days two so
0: let's let's talk a little bit about your own business then first and yeah we've all been going through interesting changes in the last 15 months and I don't think there's any business owner listening to this now or in the future that would disagree that, you know, we've all had some kind of impact, whether it's a good impact, bad impact, indifferent, but, you know, certainly things have not been the same. What's been the the latest thing, Andrew, that you've either worked on or fixed in, in your own business that you'd like to share with the listeners? Mm.
1: Depends how much we want to go into here, but essentially I'll, I'll the, the, probably the, the, key change I've made in terms of how I operate the breathing spaces which are the uh, discussion groups that I run they're kind of a a a light blend of um, mastermind groups group coaching therapy sessions (laughs) whatever you want to call them Um, one person called them AA meetings for directors um, I've been running these for a number of years they've always been physical and uh, there was a a geographical attachment to you on so I had a Leeds group, I had a Weatherby group, I had a Wakefield yeah. group so people knew where it was and whatever. Um, when lockdown came it was very easy to switch online I've been coaching online for yeah. a long time and, and it's not it was quite simple right just get zoom meetings and run them online. Yeah. But the challenge came about marketing because I uh, it, it it actually makes it a lot easier to sort of go broader and make this a global thing and and get people mm. in forever. But the identity of it suddenly changes. I can't sort of be speaking to somebody in Australia or America and say, "Hey, come along to yeah. the Weatherby Group," and they're going, "What?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it took me a while to actually think about how does it need to look uh, in terms of how how I how I expand it, and because uh, I think. Uh, you know we will come back to the point where physical becomes more accepted more norm but I think there's yeah. going to be a that that carry on where online just becomes more accepted and yeah. I, I have a handful of people that say no I want to stay online I don't want to do the traveling I don't want to hear that I've got a handful of people that say no I want the physical groups and so you've you got a uh, blend for yeah. it and um, so yeah so I had to uh Twist it around and change the structures. The actual groups themselves were the same, but all the bits around it and how it works and how I bring people in. So, um,
0: and and a lot of
1: it was around actually making it less open, doing being a bit sort of uh, uh, a bit more clubhousey, where it's only by invite and yeah. restrict the numbers for the group and yeah and actually uh, limit the, uh, the the way things are. And then. Um, go out and just promote using talking and go, attending groups and sort of talking about the business enjoyment model and what it's about and a certain purpose and that kind of thing to, to actually fill it that way, rather than being just an open forum and and, yeah. and come to this meeting. So it used to be, I have a leads group. I'm going network in the leads area, promote the leads group. I've got a weatherby group. Yeah. Go network and then people would drop in. Group, people drop in, whatever. Yeah, And, and then people drop yeah. in and people drop out and, and that was fine.
0: Yeah. But it um, doesn't work the same when it's online. Yeah so asking a couple of questions about that then and i'll start with the the obvious question that the listeners are probably thinking right now is what's the purpose you know you've got these breathing spaces groups what what's the purpose of coming along to the groups and because that's you know from a marketing point of view that's very often what we we struggle with we try and sell um you know the the what people get but it's the the purpose behind hmm. it or what you know what they benefit after they've attended it you know tell the tell listeners a little bit more about that it's, yeah so it's, it's
1: based around the business enjoyment model which i've uh, come up with which is the not even loosely based around the Maslow hierarchy of needs, but with a few extra bits thrown yep. in it. Uh, but um, it's and this is what I will run through in the speech but thing, but it but talk about what you need to have in place in order to actually enjoy your business. And you need to have some <laughs> fund- fundamentals in place to take away the fears and the concerns and the issues. Yes, you need to have enough money to come to cover the bills, but you've got to be looking after yourself as well. Um, you've got to be working with the right kind of people and opening up yourself to to be that authentic person to attract them in. You've got to be be, you're getting good feedback from them but you'll be, like, be giving yourself good feedback to so with all those imposter yeah. syndromes and um and and all those kind of things uh, a sense of purpose why is it why what you do what you do what difference you make in the world and that's the key thing for me when you really get your purpose nailed in then then the rest becomes sort of I mean, effortless but all the other challenges just becomes things you overcome because you're doing it for a reason and um And other things like money hang-ups because it's normally connected to it and an an overarching one so we have these sort of six levels and my mission is to sort of um get people to enjoy their business basically i actually want there to be a new measure of success in business rather than it just being how much money we make we need to look at these other things so for those people that are interested in that then um it's a it's a space where people can come it's confidential it's um uh, uh, it, it, we're limiting the numbers of each group and you start building trust and relationships with the, with the people within that group and basically you can just let out what you need to let out. We have a theme each month from that model um, yeah. so as we go around it people essentially are getting to understand themselves better. When you understand yourself better you can understand your business better and it's helping other people with their understanding of themselves as well and everyone can go off in a personal direction, you can go in in a business direction so it might be sales orientated it might be um mindset orientated it might be yeah. emotionally orientated it depends on where people are in the group so people yeah, think, away, uh,
0: yeah yeah i think it's interesting what you just said there because you know th- very often people particularly with with us as coaches people uh very often think oh i need a business coach or an even life coach because the life coach will help me with the life stuff the business coach helps me with business stuff and very often a lot of coaches that i speak with um don't cross the boundaries between the two. But very often, you know, we come to work because of the life that we want. Mm. And our life that we have affects the way that we do our our work and our business. And I'm I'm 100 percent with you. you know, I love every single day. And interesting enough, I've just got off the phone with a a very old friend of mine who I haven't spoken to some time. I've just bought a new pickup truck and I want the the bed uh, spraying with this Linex stuff. And I know he used to do it years ago. Uh, and I rang the business up and I know his son was taking it over and they put me through to Jim. And I said, Jim, I said, I thought you'd be on a beach somewhere with your feet up. He says, no, I said, I love my business too much. <laughs> and and this guy is 75 years old. And you know, yeah, he's not doing as much as he was doing. He's you know doing more sales stuff. and he's, But he's doing the stuff in the business that he loves and he's he's enjoying it. And that's really important, isn't it? To realise that life and business can't always be separated so cleanly. And it, it's interesting what you said there about the way that people go one way and then go the other. Um, mm. Is that something that people struggle with, do you think? What in terms of dealing in – you mean in terms of a conversation and, and – and Yeah, separating like, or seeing the, seeing the, overlap, the overlap because yeah, yeah, know, I, there I'm, is no clear difference.
1: It depends on the size of the business, I think, is one of the, the fundamental elements because the smaller the business, the more – emotionally connected you are and your yeah. identity is connected to that business because you know for a one-man band it is you yeah. and 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 yet at the same time you also need to sort of split your mind away and realize look this company at company's house is just in the name and a number with everything that's going on with the consequences of covid and everything there's a lot of companies at risk we can let that go but we are still us and we still have that skills all that knowledge all that ability and yeah. and so there are times when you need to keep them separate, um, and this is one of the things. Because when I when I left the insolvency and moved into coaching, it was, I used to, the, the key focus. Me at that point was working with people who were losing their business, and help them deal with the emotional stress that comes from that. Yeah, and that was one of the things we had to do with them is to try and say, look, you are not your company. The company yeah. is a separate thing, and, and create that distance. Uh,
0: and and yet we are also. Confusingly, yeah. <laughs> fully yeah. integrated with it's, the it's thing a conflict well. all the time, isn't it? Yeah. And, and you know, and I think people are. It's it's almost a bit like a Jacqueline Hyde scenario, isn't it? Where you've got two identities in one, and you're always trying to work out which one is is at the forefront. And uh, the truth and is in, is a, when, in a hollow you, way
1: And when you get. And, and I talk about enjoyment. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people who do this stuff, the stuff, the thing. They love the thing. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, if you if you're doing a business, and you don't love the thing that you do, then really, you know, start again. Yeah, um, that, that kind of goes without saying. But it's all the other yeah. bits around it. And when we start getting to the, the the fear about picking the phone up and and, yeah. and and worry about walking into a room or whatever it might be, all these bits, yeah, yeah. the uh, yeah. uh, traumatizers, uh, yeah. and and. And, and but again, when you when you re, really connect your business and your purpose together, then it does fully integrate who you yeah. are. And yeah. the businesses are just a
0: mechanism to get you towards ultimately yeah. where you want to do. It's not the yeah. thing in and of itself. Correct. Um, so so let me ask you a question. That again, I know a lot of coaches and consultants are struggling. with, A lot of businesses who have taken part in online sessions that they would normally have done face to face. How has it been for you developing the trust and what kind of um, aspects have you seen people react to differently? Because, you know, some people are more trusting online. Some people are more trusting when they're face to face. Some people feel safer online because they're not physically in front of somebody. Yeah, I've seen different mixes. How's that been for you and how people have dealt with the breathing spaces?
1: Hmm. I've not really seen a massive difference in terms of the trust side of things it's an interesting question I have to think about that it's not something I've I've noticed so much and 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 I think a lot of it and I suspect you you know you've been in the the game a long time we we build that trust by trusting um, and revealing ourselves if we become this person who knows everything and I'm perfect and then then they're not really seeing the real us so I've always been very open and Sharing my stories and and what's going on for me and that kind of thing as much as possible and and that invites people into to to reveal
0: themselves so yeah um it's always about I think I think that I think that's a good thing though I think you know uh, the fact that you haven't seen much of a difference and I think listeners this is really important you know the fact that Andrew hasn't seen the difference is a credit you know because the more seamless it is between face to face and online then online back to face to face. Um, you know the better that shows the the level of authenticity I suppose mm. in yourself but also in the people as well because it's not just people feeling comfortable with you it's picking the right people in into the group so that the rest of the group can feel comfortable with them and obviously you've got that magic right and I think for listeners you know those that are struggling with this it is about you know, being vulnerable, it is about being open, transparent, but being authentic as well isn't as mm. being yourselves. And the ones that I do see that struggle are where people are trying to be something that they're not. Mm. And people see that, don't they? Whether it's online or face-to-face, people cut through that, don't they? The, our words are the biggest culprits for showing that up, aren't they? We don't need the actions of seeing somebody face-to-face. It's our words that show that up. So I think I think that's credit to you and to the group. That you haven't seen that much of a shift so that's 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 good yeah and uh, i mean the, I mean, the differences um I, I've, I've, I've reduced the number of which
1: the the capacity is that because you can't have the level and depth of conversation with once you get more than about Eight to 10 people that's about the maximum you can do whereas in a yeah. room you can you can control it a lot more i've about 20 people and start bringing people in and facilitate yeah. whatever um and as a as a, on in terms of one-to-one stuff and some of the things i do in the coaching is, is some things i can't do online which i can do in a room a certain therapies yeah. that i'm trained up in as well um to help them deal with real deep emotion stuff and uh, that's that's much better when it when you're in the room with somebody yeah um and so um yeah so there's there's a place for both but um uh, but the 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 best meetings for me is when you've you've got these people who've known each other for a while now and they build up the trust within themselves and i'll just throw i'll start the session off with a question or something under the context and let it go and Mm i i can just sit back (laughs) yeah and and they will just let it run and it will it will go every now and again just nudge it but they trust each other enough for me just to lightly facilitate like light such and they'll yeah. drive it. They'll pull out what they need to pull
0: out and they'll get from it what they need to get from it. Yeah. So for those people who are feeling a little bit uncomfortable now uh, talking about trust and being in groups where trust is needed, could you give the listeners, and this isn't the one tip, by the way, so uh, this is a <laughs> bit of a bonus. I'm asking you for a bonus I'm- tip here. Uh, if If you could help people think of one thing that perhaps they could do to build trust with people that they're going to talk to or work with what what would you say to people who are perhaps just Mm. stumbling at that trust issue Mm. and the key thing for me
1: and it sort of touches what we were earlier on when we were talking about the conversations with people is first of all be very clear about what the actual outcome is, the objective, what the intention is. So when we're talking about the difficult conversations with team members, it's like this is not to have a go at you or anything like that. It's what's it, – we can help you be better. We can help the team be better. There's something over and above that.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> and the reverse side of that, and it's sort of part of the trust equation sort of concept, is the, is the self-interest thing. So if you're sat in front of somebody and you're trying to get them to do something and then I'm going to benefit from it, then yeah, it's not really going to work. But if you make yeah. it really clear, it's like, look, at the end of this conversation, I kind of don't mind what happens. If you get something from it and you can go off and get an insight and go and read a book or whatever, I'll go and work with something thing. As long as you are in a better place at the end of it, then my job here is done. If you want to do something with me at the end, that's also great as well and we can explore that. But I'm, I'm just in this moment now, this is what I want to do. It's a, it's a clear conversation. Let's just get the best view out of this conversation and see what we can do. Yeah. So, so there's, a, there's a, a destination of what we're all agreed on and yep. it's not about me.
0: It's about yeah. you. And, and I think the, the, the glue that holds that together that you mentioned there is that clear conversation don't try and be clever, don't try and be cute. don't try and be somebody you're not, but just be clear, be transparent uh, and just say it as you normally would. I think mm. too many people try and put a mask on, don't they when they go into into groups and you know they they try and make it cloudy and fuzzy so that people don't see either the real them or the real purpose behind it. so I think mm. I think you've given us three really important things there. Mm.
1: And, to, and just going back to the, anyway, just literally through what we're picking up and things already said, but that authenticity and try not to be that you just touched on there, and not try not to be somebody. Not also includes, do you know what? I don't know the answer. Yes, <laughs> I haven't yeah. got a clue, but hey, let's explore it. Yeah, because so often we need to feel, sometimes feel like we need to be the person that knows everything because we're here to, to help that yeah. person. But no. No, because you are you and you've got your own way of doing it i know some stuff and we can throw this stuff into the mix and we can talk about it but that might not be relevant to you so yeah what we're here to do is to explore and i'm okay not knowing stuff
0: and i know people you know listening to this will be from you know different parts of the world but i certainly know from a british point of view and yeah i dare i say and this upset people even in english point of view we do tend to worry about other people's perceptions when we're going through that process as well don't we and you know there's people that I know that very very reluctantly will take part in something because they're worried what people will think of them and what they will say and how they will see them differently and some of it is a reflection of our own perceptions of other people isn't it but I think you know some cultures don't have that worry about perception uh, but I think certainly here we, we do and I see that over and over again I don't know if that's something that you come across in your groups.
1: Oh it's one of the one of the key things that sort of the keeping up the Joneses concept um, yeah. and uh, and it's it's the, the level I call inner confidence and um, what we, we we from a societal um, point of view right from the start we have been taught from, uh, from being children that our inner value is connected with the results that we produce from the point when we get that lovely little picture that's a brilliant picture little johnny and put stuck on the fridge and the one that yeah. isn't the good isn't put there from every exam we ever take and the gold star for getting results it's all about results equals how good you are and we therefore have to spend the rest of our life unpicking that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And recognizing that actually results are a feedback mechanism to say how we can do things even differently and better, but it's nothing to do with self-value and worth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if there are any parents listening to this who have who have ever taken those pictures that little Johnny's uh, done at school and put the not so good ones <laughs> and then put the good ones and then put the really good ones in sequence and say, look, this is how you need to improve. I wonder if, if I've ever shown that sort of, uh, you need, you know, you can be better type thing. Uh, cause I see that in motorsport in particular. And I mentioned, you know, at the beginning about the motorbikes, you know, when I see parents of kids that are getting into motorsports, um, it very much is learning the lessons. It is always about knocking that extra second off. It's always about the the improvement. And the, quite often, you know, people ask me, you know, how on earth can those two parents put their son out on a motorbike and send him around a racetrack, knowing that he might die? You know, and I've had friends that have lost their kids through that. Um, but there's a different scenario there that they're pushing for that improvement. Okay, some of them are reflecting it because they've not done it themselves and mm. yeah, there's all kinds of other psychological things behind it. But yeah, it's a, it's a different scenario because they will look at the bad results because they will focus on getting those results better. That's their, mm. that's their purpose of it. So it's, it's an interesting, different shift there. Yeah. And and, and
1: a couple of things on that one, just to uh, uh, follow on from that. Cause I, I, I I'm not about, it, but I've watched Formula One and and some remote kind of thing. And and, and I know that the mindset that they need to get into is just your next lap needs to be faster than your previous lap. Because you've got some teams that are never going to beat the Mercedes. They're never going to beat the Red Bulls. They're at the back of the grid. Don't even try and win. Just be better next lap than you were the previous one. And that's a good mindset again to self-improvement. Just don't worry about whatever anyone else is doing. Just be better tomorrow than you were today. Um, The flip side is I think there's... Again, societally, you know, coaching's come out of the sporting arena. The whole yep. tennis origin, wasn't it? And that's where the first books came from, and, and um, or as we understand it today. And I think there's too much focus on sports, sporting heroes. Uh, yeah. I have no issue with it in and of itself, but it can too much of a focus because in sport, societally, it's all about being number one. The Olympic gold medalist, silver is first loser. Uh, you've yep. got to be the best. Yes. You've, got to, be, you've yep. got to be there. There's the, the, the fine margins between who's ahead of the line and who's not and that kind of stuff. And the you can see people at the Olympics distraught because they come second. When it comes to business, what's wrong with being second or 10th mm-hmm. or 15th? That's still blooming good. And if you're yeah, doing yeah, something yeah. you love every single day and you're doing all right out of it, you don't need to be number one.
0: No, I'd be quite happily second to Amazon. Anyway. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> and yet, there's this drive about being the top, the best, the number one. And there's a discipline within that that we, you know, we should have. You know, we don't need to have the discipline, but it can go too far. That's the point. And there are all these things. There's always, a, it's always a juxtaposition with everything. Something that is really good and intended always flips into something that then becomes negative and holds us back. And that's that's yeah. where we're playing with the enjoyment thing, where we all the stuff that makes sense at one level doesn't make sense at another
0: level um yeah yeah okay i love that um so how has the shift been for you this this shift online then uh, hmm. has has it i mean it's interesting you say and we hear this phrase that with the new norm the new normal i i say it all the time in social media posts because i don't think things will go back to exactly how they were before
1: and um, and and this so, is so how's
0: it been? How, how's it been for you since yeah. you've made this and, shift? And yeah. this is the thing about the new norm
1: is things never go back to what they were before. We're no. always moving, we're always evolving, there's always shifting. 1983 was different to 1984, and we never went back to 1983. <laughs> Correct. Correct, yeah. Shift. Um, so yeah, so for me, it's worked well. I, um, by making the changes, I um, instantly filled the groups that I had. I had a waiting list, I've opened up new yeah. groups, um uh as a, re- a new group as a result um and that was just by making some quick changes so oh, I a quick, uh, increased membership by about 30 um 30%. within uh, a couple of months um and at the moment i'm just letting it bed down at the moment we'll put a few yeah. changes in place just keep it steady away and then in a few months i'll start moving on a proper growth strategy yeah. again but i've got people lined up behind me that want to run other groups so it's an expandable model now i can just um, talk about what I'm doing, bring people in, filter, farm out. I can set up a group whenever, wherever, have other people run it. And it's incredibly scalable now. Yeah. So.
0: yeah. And I think, you know, that is a very important word there, isn't it? Scalable. And I think, you know, if there's anybody listening to this who is bedding down and settling down, yeah, you know, the next step, I think we have a, a very unique opportunity. You know, I had a unique opportunity in 2009 when the recession hit and construction industry fell flat on its face. Luckily, I I got out about three months before uh, and I never had to go through insolvency, but lots of friends did because the bottom just fell out of it. And I saw 2009 not as the disaster that many people saw, but for me, it was the opportunity to do what I do now and what I love doing. And I think there's a lot of people listening to this that need to take what you just said there, Andrew, and ask that question. Now I'm settling down. Now I'm making um, the most of the new norm. Uh, what are the options to scale? Because I think mm. there is a real opportunity for more businesses than ever before to scaling a way that they couldn't have done before mm. because of what's happened.
1: Absolutely. And and this yeah. is it. You could tell the difference. You know, March 2020, uh, half, not half, one percentage of the population is going, oh, no, doom and gloom. The other population is going, right, what do we do about it? yeah <laughs> how are we yeah. going to make something more how's it going to work now how's it going to look let's just do something different yeah. and it gets back to that thing that I said earlier on the vehicle you have is just something to move you in the direction of where you want to get to it's not yeah. the thing in and of itself so if we need to yeah. tr- change vehicles switch things drop, drop stuff move on as long as it's getting us where we want to get to
0: all good yeah and, and i think you know just to finish that off because i know there might be some people listening to this that are saying well that's okay you saying that but you should be in hospitality, or you should be in high street retail, because you know mm. there is, you know, no no nice experience that this is giving anybody. But yeah, you know, I I felt like that in two thousand and nine. Mm. Yeah, you know, I had to literally stop and think. Okay, I, I don't want to send me retirement until I'm fifty. Yet I need to make a decision which way I go right now. And literally, mm. I decided over the weekend. And I was giving a book by my coach then, uh, by Seth Godin, called uh, The Dip when to stick and when to quit. Mm-hmm. And good. I think for those people who are, you know, really, really at the bottom, yeah, you know, and I really do feel for anybody who is listening to this, who is at the absolute bottom of the pit when it comes to business, you know, what we're talking about here is having something, creating something that moves you forward. It doesn't take you deeper down. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you do need to quit. Mm-hmm. sometimes you know sticking isn't the option sometimes you do need to quit you do need to find a new direction i never dreamt i would be talking to people around the world doing what i'm doing now back in 2009 mm-hmm. um but it's about not staying where you are isn't it i think that's the most important thing you've got to move forward you're uh you're
1: we're, we're getting to my tip but uh <laughs>
0: yeah into yes but um
1: yeah. But the other thing, just to just to throw this in, is, is also go back to that key question is why am I doing what I do? You know, so when you yeah. when you got to that point in construction, why were you in construction? And usually, we were. In, you, I don't know what your story was, but um, it's, it's a good chance you got in construction because you just ended up there because somebody because of this circumstances. Yeah. Um, I I was doing my insolvency just because pff, an an invitation to an interview happened to come through. I never sorted out. did know what it was. Um, so, we normally end up in places and then do the best we can from where we are. Very rarely, it does happen, but very rarely do we at six, seven, eight go, I want to be that. And then that comes to fruition. It happened. Formula One drivers, the cyclists, you're talking about astronauts. You know, <laughs> a, yeah, yeah. Most, most of us just make best with what happens. That means we're not that attached to it. If we work back and actually think about yeah. what really motivates us, what is the difference we want to make in the world, what's really important to us? In your case, I'm guessing it wasn't construction.
0: Yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting you say that and, you know, getting attached to it. You know, two years before, I was offered a huge payout by a, another construction company called Rock Construction. And I would, if I'd have taken that, I would never have had to work again. And my attachment to the business, but it wasn't the business, mm. was and my ego got in the way, but my attachment was too strong. And I turned it down. Mm. Two years later, I have snapped the handoff for 25 percent of that offer. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. So I think you've raised a very important point there. You know, we do have to determine what it is we're attached to. Mm. And I saw it. It it was, you know, I was driving fast cars, flying helicopters, going around the world watching motorbike racing. It wasn't the business I was attached to, it was the lifestyle and the choices it was giving me. Mm, and and other businesses have done that. Mm. You know, yeah, and other businesses will do that for people listening to this as well. You know, um, and yeah, then my friend died, you know, which I talk about in a lot of podcasts. And what I was attached to wasn't fast cars and helicopters, it was about health it was about well-being it was about you know being outside and living my retirement early you know uh, and doing it 20 years early not just 10 years early yeah um, and, and so one, one of my sort of side missions i've got plenty <laughs> yeah but in that purpose
1: space. So the first book I wrote was was around people get tr- helping people get through the losing their business. And it was based on interviews with people that had lost their business and what they'd gone through yeah. and what recommendations they'd given, obviously my experience kind of as well. And I hadn't actually spotted it at the time, but when the concept of business enjoyment came around and, and me looking at it with different eyes, I went back and looked at it and um, every single person that had sort of got up and, um, uh, Uh, made something themselves afterwards had gone through that exercise of going oh I've suddenly realized all of that wasn't important this is what's important yeah and one of my mini missions is like okay so often we hear these tales of some horrible thing having to happen in order to realize what's important yeah how do we get somebody to realize what's important without having to go through the horrible thing? <laughs> yes, that would be so nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you, you hear the, yeah. um, the the common business tale. It's like, you've got to fail to succeed. Such and such and such and such. Had their first six businesses go bust. It's like Okay, so mm. what you're saying is when you're starting up, you've got to build into your business plan, go bust in three years so you can learn the lessons from yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: That doesn't make sense to me. <laughs>
0: Um, and and it's a bit, it's a, I go back to the motorcycle racing. I've never, I, you know, I took my bike around tracks a lot, but my plan was never to fall off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah. I wanted to get faster and you, you're right about fast lap, but yeah. Why on earth? Some people actually said, Oh, I think it was great that I fell off. Why? Why did the broken bones make you feel better? You know, do they help you be faster? No, just, just mm. improve it bit by bit. So 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 think about what we said just a moment ago, leading into your tip. Yeah, I always ask guests to to give our listeners something that it can do, something they can take away, something listeners that when you've listened to this, you absolutely, if you want to make a change in your lives, you know, you need to do something with what you hear. Mm. What's your tip that you want to share today, Andrew?
1: Well, I, I I didn't know
0: where the conversation was going to go,
1: and hmm. um, so it, we 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 have touched on it quite a bit. But it's literally, what we've just said there is you've got to be prepared to let things go. Hmm. I I always remember an episode of the uh, the Apprentice a few years ago now when I used to watch it, and it got to the interview stage, and there was a guy who was in recruitment, I think, and he be- developed this plan of what he was going to do, and you had um, was it Clive is it no. What? Claude, you had Claude, you had Alan Sugar and Karen Brady and all this saying, that's not going to work. What you're saying is not going to work. You've got to make changes. And he thought it was a test or something. He'd heard all the stuff that said, believe, if you believe it will happen and this kind of stuff. No, and he refused to make any changes. No, I'm going to be pigheaded. I'm going to go with the thing that I first thought of and ignored (laughs) all this other information. And guess what? He got fired. What a surprise! Yeah. And late, and I think in the rest of the back, he said, "Yeah, I've made changes. It was rubbish. My idea. I've had to." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah, again, yeah. everything you talk about that ego, that bit attachment to a particular thing is the thing that's probably going to be the stuff that hold us back. Whether it's to your identity yeah. as a uh, as a as a particular person that is working in entertainment, construction, whatever it might be, um, to a title, to um, to what you own. Um, the ability to let go of things is one of the most important things that we need to do. Cause sometimes things don't work and that's yeah. okay. But we
0: only learn that if we let it go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and let go before you hit the bottom. Yeah. And I think that's the thing we've just talked about, isn't it? You know, why do we have to just keep plummeting down into the pit when actually we should have let go of the, the weight around us that's pulling us down. And, and, and again, a lot of this becomes that that positive thing that flips
1: into a negative is that we, uh, again, society rewards the note to the grindstone, the grafter, the hard worker, the I yeah. keep going even whenever everything else is uh, is against me sort of thing. And sometimes that's the most. Stupid thing to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, yeah, I was yeah. talking to somebody last week and uh, his bi- he's got two businesses he's interested. One he's passionate and lovely about, and this is great. And another one, what he said, he, he started up last year. It's not working, but he feels obliged to do it. He doesn't want to look like he's given up. Mm. He doesn't want to look like he's a loser. It doesn't want to look like he's not committed. I said, so what you're saying is you've got a nail in your head and you're continually bashing your head against a brick wall, driving that nail in further. Yeah. Who are you doing that yeah. for?
0: Yeah. And I I think, you know, the listeners there have just sort of stopped and had one of those um, goose bump hay on the back of the neck because they will know that there is something that they're doing that they need to let go of. And Mm. I think, you know, that's the thing that, to me, if if any of you listening to this, do not sit down for 15 minutes, half an hour, it doesn't take long, does it? And just sit down and start thinking about what is it you need to let let go Mm. of. What is it that's dragging you down? What is it that's holding you back? You know, we all need anchors in some forms of our life. We all need some stability, but we have to be careful that we're not hanging on to the the wrong anchors, the things that are holding us back, the things that are dragging us down, definitely. So yeah, listeners, uh, you know. Yeah,
1: because the, the flip side of it is that was hopefully, you know, people have heard enough that, that you know, we can, and like, as you alluded, we can create the world we want to create, but if we fill it up with stuff that's not working, we're not allowing in. The stuff yeah. that will work and, yeah, yeah. and and it kind of i um, mean it's not my thing but it's, it's actually attaches to buddhism you know yeah. suffering is created by attachment and that's normally talked about possessive things which is true but it's yeah. it's most of the stress in the world is an attachment to either the way that the world was when yeah. we return back to normality the way we think the world should be it's not fair why isn't it like this mm-hmm. or the way we think the world will be which hasn't happened yet so yeah Yeah. um, Yeah. and exactly as you say if it's not right change it
0: yeah yeah love it great so you're giving us some great tips you mentioned the book where do the listeners go to find out more about you is there anything that they can take away from you um what do the listeners do next to connect with you
1: Uh, i would say the best thing to do is if they jump onto my website uh, which is uh, businessenjoyment.com uh a pop-up will appear and they will uh, be able to download the more than just money book which uh, run through my ethos runs through the business enjoyment model shows how you can apply it to solve uh, or find an answer to to most answers uh, most issues um it does mean they then come on my list ah scary yeah yeah um but they'll other than like a bi-weekly newsletter they will get four automated emails all of which we give them free stuff business cheat sheet everything needs to know about business access to my podcast access to my facebook group they can ignore Great. them it'll also give them an invitation if they want to talk about the breathing spaces as well uh, which is the only way you can get in now is by an invitation so um, yeah. they can totally ignore them and delete them and whatever there's no pressure I don't to go in yeah. for spamming or it's whatever.
0: it's interesting what you said there about you yeah being on the list, I I remember we were watching something on TV the other night and my wife says, oh, you know, this is just awful. This is awful. You know, why do we have to watch this? I said, you don't turn it off. (laughs) it's It's the same with emails, isn't it? I mean, okay, some are difficult to unsubscribe from. I've had a couple recently where no matter how hard I've tried to unsubscribe, I've not been able to. But at the end of the day, I just click block. Yeah. You can just turn them off. If you don't want them, just turn them off or just delete them and yeah, wait and until is, a good one comes in and and this is it you know we we work in a similar
1: space but we're very different you focus on some things i focus on other things yeah some people are interested in what you've got to say some people will be interested in what i'm i've got to say and some people aren't and that's yeah. okay because it's make the a choice world out there yeah, yeah, <laughs> can't yeah, please yeah. everybody but if you are interested in the concept of what i talk about and how i talk about then let's have a conversation that's absolutely Great. fine but-
0: so the the website to go to is businessenjoyment.com and if they would if they people search for Andrew Miller on LinkedIn, would they find you as well on there? Yes. Uh it's not the rarest of names on the planet. So um, no.
1: I'm not sure how many come up. Um, but so stick business enjoyment as well. And yeah.
0: Uh, in, so and- search for Andrew Miller, business enjoyment on LinkedIn and they'll find you that way. Yeah. And they get a copy of the the book, More which is just- called again more than just money more
1: than just money um yeah. why explaining what business enjoyment actually means um how you can what the model is how you can use it yeah. and to also tell them tells them which is my key things how they can enjoy their business so much it makes their bits tingle
0: yeah so listeners if you have any aspect of your business that you don't actually love or don't enjoy and you or you want to enjoy more or you want to love more then go to businessenjoyment.com and download Andrew's book. And yeah, I'm sure you're going to be able to take something of value. You've shared some amazing uh, tips. We've talked about smells and ripping off the plasters, moving <laughs> one one more lap faster each time, uh, and as well as as keeping moving forward. And you, you're absolutely right. You know, I think we we can all look at ourselves right now and realize that there is something that we need to let go of Mm. Yeah, I'm just in the process of creating a 14-day Facebook challenge uh, not to sell anything but just to try and get people think about things and I'm going to add that to one of the 14 days so I think that's a great thing for people to do and uh, and I'll give you credit for that as well (laughs) so final questioning Andrew uh, and then we'll wrap it up if you're going to have your next coffee in a dream location, have you had a chance to think where that dream location would be or who it would be with?
1: Does it have to be coffee or can it be tea?
0: No, it can be anything. It can be alcohol if you want <laughs> to. I don't really mind. Uh, before we started
1: recording, you did uh, mention what someone else said. And, uh, and I think it's probably appropriate. I um, just discovered my mum's having um, some health challenges at the moment. Yeah. um and we don't really know what the um prognosis is yet but we're going to find out very soon uh so uh we've got a challenging time ahead and yeah. i've got to do my own sort of internal work uh to sort of process what that comes through and i've got to be there for her and that kind of thing so yeah um we did catch up uh last month um well now she's a couple of hours away from me but um but i think yeah i sit down with a cup of tea if my mum would be uh mm-hmm. Would be
0: nice about now. Yeah. Fantastic, great, and and I'm sure yeah you know, that means something to both of you as well, won't it? To do that, so that's really important. And you you can never get those moments back. Mm. Unfortunately, I lost my mom last June, and I was very fortunate that the care home that she was in gave me the opportunity to go and see her quite regularly, and mm. you know, um, very very fortunate and. Uh, yeah. You never, you never forget those moments. And you know it doesn't have to be with somebody who is ill. You know, we should do it with people that are alive as well, isn't it? And just not just think about the places, but think about the people that we're going to have those drinks, those mm. drinks with. And I think a lot of people are doing that at the moment as we start to ease lockdown, certainly here in the UK and other parts of the world, obviously going into lockdown. So we feel with everybody who is having those restrictions at the moment. Andrew, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I know you weren't sure where this was going to go, but I think we've talked about just about everything off piece that we possibly could, but you've given us some great tips to to share there. And as always, I always say this, the one thing I appreciate more than anything else is time. You've given us lots of time. Uh, it's a good good amount of content in this podcast that I know the listeners will take away. And thank you very much for being on it. Uh, thank you uh, thank you, me on,
1: Simon. Uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, it's good just to sort of, yeah, start a conversation and see where it goes and uh you know the stuff comes out that needs to come out doesn't it yeah
0: and listeners as you know this is part of my mission uh you heard andrew mention missions you know we should all have a mission to help businesses around the globe be better aware better educated and of course talk coffee too and uh i'm now going to sort of wrap it up and think about how i too can get one of those bouncy balls that you can't see it listeners but i can see andrew has not been sat in a chair. He's been rolling around on either a Pilates board or something like that. I need to get a, a more... He's holding it up now. Yeah, yeah. I know knew, I knew he's sat on something bouncing around. So listeners, whatever you're sat on today, uh, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast and I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Bye for now. Thanks, Alan.